Good day. It's been a minute since I've done one of these devotionals, so today seemed like a great day to jump back in. We are in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and the devotional today jumps into verse 1 where it says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. It says when life and ministry hits hard and hits often, how do you keep at it? How do you, as Paul says, not lose heart? How do you keep your passion and vision, your love for people and love for God, when ministry becomes the fight of your life? How do you stay in the ring? The answer begins with God's mercy. Verse 1 reminds us that the only reason we have this ministry is the mercy of God. That's what chapter 3 is all about. We are not good enough. We don't earn ministry and we don't deserve ministry. We can't do it. But God can, and he works through us. So when we get overwhelmed, we should remember that we were never good enough in the first place, but God still chose me. He chose you, so don't lose heart. Understanding that reality can also determine how we go about our ministry. Verse 2, Rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. In other words, we don't distort God's word. We teach it clearly and simply. We need to etch this into our hearts. Do not tamper with God's word. Just set forth the truth plainly. If what we teach makes clear, practical sense and clearly matches what is in the word, that is a letter of recommendation in itself. We have truth. There's no need to be clever or tricky when you have the truth. Just be clear. It's not my message, it's God's message. I'm an explainer, not a message creator, as the narrator puts it. I can work hard at making it relatable and compelling, but I'm only the messenger. The real message is God's word. But then he goes on to ask, what if I do make it plain and clear and people still don't understand? Verse 3, even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. When God's word is spoken plainly, when the gospel is clear, and some just don't get it, Paul says that there's a veil. The light of the gospel shines right at them in all its glory, but they are blinded by Satan, ever seeing, but not perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding. Verse 4 reminds us that Jesus is the image of God. To look at Jesus is to look at God himself, but they just don't see it. Verse 5, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus as Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. This is crucial. We do not preach ourselves. We preach Jesus as Lord. Jesus is my message. Jesus is my hope for me and for you. Paul's opponents were attacking his credentials, but Paul says it's not about him, and it isn't about me or you either. The only thing we preach about ourselves is that we are here to serve you. That's all. And it's because of Jesus that we do it. Verse 6, For God, who said, Let the light shine out of the darkness, 
made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. This is so amazing because light is a fantastic thing. All of the beauty in this visible world comes to us by way of light. At the very beginning, God made light shine in the darkness, and he did the same in the darkness of our hearts. When you share the gospel, there is a light that shines forth from your heart, the light of the knowledge of God's glory, because you know Jesus. This is an awesome thing to have in your heart. But then in verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power from God is from God and not from us. God, in his great wisdom, put this glorious life, this treasure of all creation, the knowledge of his glory, into human hearts, into jars of clay, like me and you. A clay jar is just a container made out of earth, nothing special. And the truth is, so are we. The human body is made of earth, just dirt, water, and air. But in this clay jar, God puts the knowledge of his glory, so that everyone who sees that the light we know, who sees that light will know that there's no way that person made that kind of light from their own shabby heart. That kind of power belongs to God. So now, Paul has put our role in ministry into perspective, and it's time to put our hardships in ministry in their place as well. In verse 8, we're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. There are times when we all get perplexed, but we should never lose hope. Sometimes life feels like it strikes us down but it should never get the ten count. I will rise, and rising is exactly what God has planned for us. Through trouble, may just about, though trouble may just about kill us, our God raises the dead. Verse 14, because we know that the one who raised Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. There is our hope. That is why we don't despair. We know that by being the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, he will raise us to be with him. When this jar of clay gets pressed and struck down, and there's no light of my own left in me to shine, then his life is revealed in me and shines out through this mortal being. When you see hope in a dying man's eyes, you know something is up, and we are told that is what the world should see in each of us. Verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. There it is. That's why we don't lose heart. We know why this is all happening. The body outside, this jar of clay, is dying. But our spirit is being made new. Paul closes out the chapter with a comparison. Our afflictions and troubles are heavy, certainly, But to really measure them accurately, we have to put them on a scale. Picture a traditional scale with two pans balanced across the center pivot point. On one side, Paul sets our afflictions, and they pull down hard. And on the other side, he sets God's eternal plans for us. Verse 17, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an external glory that far outweighs them all. 
Paul sets glory on the scale. And every trouble this world can throw at us is just obliterated off the other side. It's this light and momentary, not even worth trying to compare. But we think my troubles are seriously heavy. Well, that's even better because the glory outweighs no matter what. And it is the troubles that achieves glory. So what are we supposed to do? It says stop looking at the troubles and fix our eyes on the glory side of the scale. Even when we can't see it physically, it's real and deserving of our focus and attention. Our thoughts, our energy, our dreams, our vision. Verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal.